Hello, my name is Monique Camella. I am a trauma-informed feminine empowerment, self-love and relationships coach. I created the Good Girl Unleashed podcast as a way to support you on your journey to liberating yourself from limiting beliefs, trauma, suppression, so that we can all come home and live authentically and unapologetically. I support my clients and my community with resolving trauma, releasing suppressed emotions in a safe, supportive way that allows them to reconnect to their authentic self and create a deeply fulfilling life and rich, nourishing relationships. I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's dive into today's episode. There you are. (laughs) Hi. Um, I just had to turn the phone off because, oh, no, hang on, it's changed. You were coming through the speaker, and I was like, well, we don't want that. So I just everyone can uh, see me properly. Yeah, it's my first time doing a co, co-creative IG Live with someone. <laughs> so yes, I was like, cool. is this working? Um, but, yeah, a good, good opportunity to test drive it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always wanted to do one of these, and I was like, okay, we're going to do one. And then I'm sitting yeah. here like, what am I doing? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> and What's I've got happening? a very, very special shirt on today. <laughs> yes. yes. That is <laughs> For a anyone, shirt, actually. Yeah. I love this shirt. For anyone that doesn't know Erin very well um, or is new to Erin, she makes these incredible shirts. And this particular one is a crop top. You can't see it overly well, but it says grace and it's amazing. So welcome. Um, so really we're here to just kind of ramble <laughs> as per usual. Um, but recently Erin and I did a podcast episode, which we went into a whole bunch of stuff, but really the, the core essence really felt like it was about embracing all parts of you and all of your emotions and really liberating yourself from the conditioning and the stories that keep you stuck from living your most abundant life. Um, It was such an incredible, incredible conversation. So if you haven't listened to it yet, I highly recommend heading over to the Good Girl Unleashed podcast and checking that out. I believe it's episode 76. And so I'm going to hand over to... I'm going to be handing over to Erin in a few moments. I think we've got a little... (laughs) freeze situation um but hopefully that won't be there we go you're back (laughs) i was like you're so happy (laughs) i was like you're so happy but you were actually just frozen in a smile (laughs) so at least it didn't get you like (laughs) um but yeah so i was just introducing our podcast episode i was sending people like definitely go and check it out um oh cool cool yeah so i'm just going to hand over to you now if you want to do a little intro because not everyone would have listened to it yet um and then we'll just dive in and see where the the journey takes us again we're going to try to be brief, guys. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so my name's Erin Palashik or Erin Zemwaria. Um, and I've had the great pleasure of being on the next podcast, which was, I mean, really, it's just like recording one of our conversations when we catch up that never want to end. And our lives are daily built around the the inquiry of what it is to evolve and what it is to evolve on a spiritual level and how that is then represented in the physical world as well and so there's a lot of uh discussion about manifestation and 
from a human design perspective, I would call this creativity, unless you're a manifester, of which I see Adrienne, Adrienne is in the, in the room and she is a yeah. manifester, and then yeah. they manifest. They have a very specific yeah. way of creating. That is actual manifestation. Um, but to me, the reflection of what's happening in your world is, is it's a spiritual reflection. So how much money you have, how your relationships are going, um, the joy that you're having in your life and how that's spreading out into the world, all the hell that's befalling you today as you rage and everybody else rages at you is an invitation. Mm. And no matter what way it's coming to you, it's a beautiful invitation to have a look at yourself mm. and to mm. decide if you still want that to be your reality or if you want to change it. Yeah. I so resonate with that. And it's been such a journey for me because I've shared before. I remember like when I first begun, like what we call the healing journey <laughs> and like it began with really um, one book that led to another, but eventually like quite early on, I found the secret and the law of attraction and positive thinking. And I was thinking I would just positively think my way into a better life. And I would just do this like big jump and like all of a sudden I'd have all the things and I'd just be happy forever. I'd live this enlightened life and I'd never have to feel bad again. So you, <laughs> you were read Cinderella as a child as well then. Yeah. Where's my magic shoe? <laughs> yes, and the crazy thing is, like, I recently shared about um, this came up for me around like the dream that we're fed from such a young age, and I was totally like, I'm the damsel, I'm the victim. Where's my knight in shining armor? Like, that was totally I'm me. Be and... <laughs> I'm gonna be yes. saved. From yes. yes, where's my savior? And like, I had my kind of first love. And that's actually what led into the awakening journey because that first love didn't last and I was heartbroken and it was just like, it was really, it shook me to the core because I was like, holy shit, my dream isn't real. Like, or it's not going to happen. It was all a sham. Like it's been ripped from me and I gave up on everything. I was like this and I was just so depressed by that. But also I was 19. Oh yeah. <laughs> 19. You know, my but version I of that was at 33. Yeah. She did that one young. My Cinderella yeah. story broke in the same way at 33. And it really, I mean, I was suicidal, actually. Yeah. Like, it was... the only thing holding that kept me present was, or in this presence, was this too shall pass. Yeah. You know? Was, yeah. And I would wake up and I'd be like, this too shall pass. But I was dark. Yeah. Man, that was yeah. dark. Yeah. yeah, I kind of felt like I went into this huge polarity of light and dark. Like I had some really dark moments. and But at the same time, like as that kind of break happened was when I was getting introduced to spirituality and I was already really depressed prior. And then I like found my way into this spiritual journey. And I was like, oh my God, there's so much more to life. Like, and I got so elated. But then it was like, I had that kind of honeymoon period where everything's amazing and I love life. And that lasted like six months and then it was gone. I was like, where is it gone? And then I was like chasing that feeling again for ages. And I went into some really dark places and I went back into some really light places, but I felt like I was chasing for so long. And it was just about probably about five years of just chasing something like this kind of idea of enlightenment and like the better life or the better version of me. Yeah. And it got to a point where I was like, there's something not clicking here. There's something not quite working out. Like I'm missing a piece of the equation. 
And that actually led me to find breath work where I started to actually delve into the work and actually do the work rather than just kind of like be up in my mind trying to positive think. I actually started delving into the body and doing a lot of the trauma integration. I was like, ah, this makes so much sense. (laughs) I get it. Positive thinking. (laughs) If I think it, it will come. Only if you get the fuck out of the way. Like that's, that's the rule. And that's why I do dance work. And I was encouraged by my guru actually many many years ago he's like let's get a space let's do it he wanted to bring the the osho wisdom of shake it so that you stop thinking so that yeah because we have this thing where once we've decided what we want we then try to create it you know and it's like you actually don't have to what you need to do then is get out of the way of the flow of energy and see it unfold and you only need to step up as you're being called to step up. But it's, mm. I mean, that even that is a sticky one because some people go, oh, okay, so I'll just sit here and do nothing. It's like, well, no, you still have <laughs> to check in to see what's actually yeah. going on and you're doing of nothing because even when you're doing nothing, you're usually doing something. And if you're doing something as sitting in a residual pool of gunk, I can guarantee you that that's still a block on your energy. Mm. So the reason we move and we shake and we go out and we experience with the world and we share and we do all of these things is about moving energy and, and stepping into the flow so that all those things that you've asked for, they can come and they're, they are beyond moving energy with energy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and that's the same in the, in the relation. It's interesting that you've started with the relationship one, cause it's come up for a few of my clients lately a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I was even asked today by someone in a similar field to us. He said, well, you know, in your spiritual journey, where are you at and where are you going? And I laughed. I was like, I'm just here, man. You know, like I'm just here and I'm, and I'm here for the experience, but I'm not fucking going anywhere. Yeah. There's nowhere to go. But there's <laughs> so much to experience. And if you think you're going to achieve or get somewhere, you, you're already screwed because you're missing out. That like, and you were talking about, getting back to the high feeling of the enlightenment. As we enlighten, we get revelations and we get that ecstasy. That first Kundalini rising is such an explosive buzz. And I had my first one when I was 25. And I was just sitting there, like, I don't even know how long I sat for. An absolute, like, whoa, this is, this is, this is a gift. Because now I know it's not just what I can see. Like it's mm. absolutely affirmed for me on the highest level possible. Yeah. But then you want to get back there. Yeah, that's the trap, right? Now I want elation every five minutes. Now I want to feel that high. And you miss the subtlety of the leap that you have taken. The leap has taken you to a higher vibration whereby it will not be like that again. That was a jump. And so that jump, yeah. it felt cataclysmic. It felt colossal. Now when you're, you've stepped into that vibration the next time you sit it's more subtle it's not the same at all Mm. and even as i talk to people now i feel my kundalini moving around my body i feel that energy most of the time you know yeah most of the time i have that alignment but it's not so ecstasy grabby that grabbing that i'm frozen in mudras that i Mm. can't get out of now i live in that energy it no longer grabs me in that same way yeah and it's the same with love and relationship yeah 
Uh, so resonate. And I know we kind of like, we touched on this um, in the podcast as well of just like kind of like releasing that chasing and actually just coming into the being. And I remember sharing a piece around um, and it came through in a different kind of context, but it was like the more that I've practiced and done this work, the more it's like, I don't feel like I have to do more work. I just meet whatever arises. And this is what I'm sharing with my clients now. Like rather than having the to-do list of all the things you got to heal before you can feel happy or elated or have the relationship or whatever, that you can have all your desires and still have more to heal, but you don't have to go searching for the things to heal. You can actually just allow whatever's ready to integrate and to move will actually just naturally come up when we're open to that. And that's what I found. Yeah. And that's what I've noticed for me is like, I don't have to go searching for it. And like another piece around like that chasing, I had an experience, especially around like abundance where I was like, Oh my God, I've been chasing the money. I've been chasing this reality of abundance. And I re- I had this like visualization in my mind. I was like, Oh my God, by me chasing, I've actually been running away from it. I've kind of been doing these loops and it feels like I've actually been running away from the thing because what I'm looking for is actually right here. (laughs) And I'm like thinking it's over there and I'm like, actually I've just got to be here and tap into that receptive state and just realize that it's actually that potential already exists now. But But by me like chasing and thinking I need it, I'm actually pushing it away. Because you have a concept and your concept is incorrect. Oh, it's always flawed. It always mm. has a, a glitch in it because you're trying to get somewhere that you don't know. Like you're trying yeah. to get to an unknown reality. And so the only way to get to an unknown reality is to not really have a concept of exactly what that's going to look like, you know? Mm. And we're so stuck in what we can see, touch and feel that we're very much in the in the three in the third dimension and what you're asking for like you said it's already here but it's here and present in the fifth dimension and people are like well i'd really like it in my third dimension i'm like yeah we all would (laughs) (laughs) we all would but but you're going to have to step beyond your third dimension otherwise you're stuck in your past and Mm. again like i come back to the concept of meditation and, and people's idea about what meditation is and what enlightenment is and what spiritual is and what a good relationship is. I mean, even all of those concepts and what abundance is, what manifestation is, like all of the stuff we've attached so much into the words that we're poisoning our experience mm. instead of just experiencing. So it's like, oh, well, what does that word mean to you? It's like, actually, it's only for the purpose of discussion that we need to def- define the parameters of the word. And it's only for the purposes of learning that we come to define define feminine and masculine, for example, mm. or meditation and and chaos or any of these things. But actually, once you learn, there's a level of throwing it all away that needs to occur. It's like, okay, I have the concept, I've got that all stuck in my head, and now I just need to throw it all out and observe and witness and feel what the truth is right now yeah without any of that really having too much relevance yeah i had a really powerful experience um again around abundance and 
I remember doing one of Joe Dispenza's meditations around like connecting to the frequency of abundance. So it wasn't visualizing what abundance looks like. It was actually connecting to how it feels and the frequency of it. And I was doing this meditation for ages. I was like, I just can't seem to connect to the frequency. I don't know what it feels like. And so eventually I was like, you know, I'm going to put this meditation to the, to the side for now. And I'm going to ask the universe, like, show me what abundance is. I obviously don't know what it really is because I'm thinking it's like the money, the house, the thing, but actually I'm acknowledging, I don't know what it is. So if I don't know, please show me. And then I got the, like a series of experiences where I was shown abundance in like all these different forms other than money. And I was like, it is so powerful because I needed to see that abundance is already here and I'm already experiencing it. And I don't have to wait for my external circumstances to change to experience true abundance. And in that, I was able to appreciate my family more. I was able to appreciate the support that I did have rather than focusing mm -hmm. on I'm not supported here. I don't have that. I don't have this. I was actually starting to see all of the beauty I already had in my world. Yeah. And, and I love the use of the word appreciation, you know. I think gratefulness is a great word, but I, I align with the, the concept that I've heard Abraham Hicks talk about, which is gratefulness still suggests an overcoming. It still has a pinch of something not being right and moving to something that is right. So it still has that overcoming. And mm -hmm. I think that it's very useful in that, and it's very useful to acknowledge that gratefulness has a sense of overcoming. But there's a point where you want to move beyond overcoming. So, mm -hmm. for example, um, I kind of want to relate it back to relationships, but I'm going to use disease uh, yeah. in my case since I, I work as a medical intuitive and disease is very, and disease is very relevant to the whole spiritual experience and our experience here as human beings, is that I had adrenal fatigue of some description for a very, very long time. And my reality was to excuse myself by letting people know about this all the time. And so it became the story of the, the disease all the time. Yeah. And so as I started to transcend the dis disease, there became a gratefulness for when I had good days versus bad days or for when I managed to get it under control quicker. And then one day I realized that in order to get beyond my disease, I had to let go of the story of this thing that was wrong with me. Yeah. Which meant I had to move beyond the gratefulness of however far I'd come with it. Mm. And I just had to move into the appreciation of being healthy. Yeah. What was interesting was that around that time, and you talked about calling in abundance yeah. and calling in the examples of abundance, around that time that I got to appreciate my health, um, I found human design. And human design showed me that my adrenal fatigue was not actually a disease in the way that I understood it, but it was an indicator of my sensitivity and it was an indicator of learning to live in a different way, which I had learned already because of it, but learning to live in a different way according to my design. And so instead of seeing this thing as a disease, it actually was the great gift that slowed me down that brought me into the realm that I get to work in now and that gave me a great appreciation for the fact that the world that we have had pulled down around our eyes to prevent us from seeing what we truly are is really something that once we break free of it, we get to really truly appreciate ourselves and also mm -hmm. that human design was a vehicle through which yeah. 
we could really appreciate our individuality outside of the realms of you must get up and do a nine to five job. Success is defined as this. This is what meditation is. This is what transcendentalism is. This is what sexuality is. And it was really, again, that for everyone, there is a different experience laid out, a different learning, a different process. And so the word meditation, in some ways, there are some, there are some natural laws there but there is always going to be a different experience available to each individual because we're all here for a different, a different experience. Yeah. And that's something that it's so relevant and keeps, it's been coming up for me a lot as well of like the stories that we've been fed and conditioned to believe and that we've taken on and the identities we've created and what we're kind of conditioned to want and what is abundance and we kind of get stuck in these like containers of this is what this is and it's like what's been coming up is like am i doing this right am i doing it right no. and, and it's like well no because there's not really any version of this right that you're looking for like it's actually about exploring your own alignment and what you want to experience and knowing that you're going to evolve as well it's not like you're going to get to this particular ideal circumstance or identity or experience and then just stay there. Like that was yeah, yeah. another thing I thought I was going to get to enlightenment and then I'm good. I'm happy. Everything's fine. Everything stays the same, but is that really what we want or do we want diversity and variety and new experiences? Cause I think if you just got to this like version of perfect and you just live this perfect life, I feel like you'd probably get bored pretty quickly. Like I think we're, wanting new experiences and if we can open up to that unknown then we actually get to have beyond what our mind can actually comprehend that's what i'm noticing is like my mind is like i want this and this is how i'm going to feel when i get it but i've gotten things that i've wanted for ages and not felt the way i thought i would feel <laughs> and then i've had because other the destination was never the point yeah exactly and it's like it has taken me so long to get to the journey of like letting go of the destination, like have goals, like have things you're moving towards and wanting to create. That's great, but really go with the ride and the journey. And I found in that I've had experiences that I never thought were possible, let alone even really thought about. And that's where a lot of the bliss that I was looking for came from. I feel, and I want to relate this back like a hundred percent. And I feel that what I want to relate this back to is people's everyday experience. Yeah. You know, as someone who has had that tendency to really burn on their adrenals, something I've reflected a lot on and still find myself reflecting on at times as well is what am I rushing to get done? You know, why am I rushing to get this done? Why <laughs> am I stressing about the washing being done or the vacuuming? It's not don't do it, like clean your damn house, you know, but <laughs> Why am I stressing to tick off all the things that I said I was going to get done today? Yesterday, I sent something that I was meant to send on Monday. It's still been sent. It will still get done. You know, it's still going to get there. Why am I stressing myself into fight or flight so that I'm missing the experience of being in the moment and relaxing in this moment? And the truth is, you don't get more done because you're stressing about it. Generally, you get less done and you make more mistakes. So you know, there's that point of like, in your everyday, where are you trying to get to? Yeah. Because there isn't anywhere to go. And yeah. the achievement of those little things that you like to tick off, that's great. But it's actually more fun when you're relaxed about it. And you're enjoying the process of being in it. Yeah. 
as opposed to if I could just get this done and this done and this done and this done before I go and do that other thing. It's like you're still in that other thing. Uh, and now you're fucking yeah. up four other things along the way. Plus you've stressed yourself out. And now you're as far from your Buddhahood as you could be because there's no time yeah. to be in the creative Buddha when you're doing that mental craziness. Yeah. You know? I'd and love I know um, people will justify why they're doing this. And I'm like, <laughs> it just doesn't matter that much. When you're on your yeah. deathbed, do you think it's really going to matter if you vacuumed the floor on Saturday <laughs> or, or Wednesday? You know, if you got that stuff for the dry cleaning because your husband desperately needed a clean shirt for yeah. that day? You know, it's yeah. like, help survive. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love people to put like something in the like let us know in the comments if this relates because it so relates to me and I've heard this from like so many of my clients like getting that to-do list ticked off and it's so funny because it's actually really relative of how when things should be done or how fast things were done because I remember having a conversation with you after our podcast and I got it up and you were like oh my god you got that up so fast I was like seriously that is late for me like that took me days it was meant to be up like within like on this day and it was like two days later and I was like that's super late for me and I was like well that's what it is like okay all good but you were like wow that was fast I was like Huh, that's an interesting, like, different perspective. Yeah. So it's actually all relative anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I've done other podcasts where they've taken a month and a half to put it up. So I was like, whoa, that was like a two-day turnaround. That was yeah. like, oh, a three-day turnaround. Yeah, I, I just like, did a call was... yesterday, and she was like, I did a call with someone a year ago, and she's just messaged me saying it's about to go up. And I'm like, seriously? Ours is up in two weeks. Like, I already got the date. I already know, like, but that's me. Like, I... I I've got these things organized. I'm, I pride myself with my organization and like timeliness. It's but part I, of your it has been a, Yeah, it has been a practice to not stress about it. And it's quite fascinating that you brought that up, that it actually takes you longer. You get less done. It's a horrible experience when you're stressing out. And I recently had one of my clients that we've been working together a year and a half. And she's like, I just seem to have more time and I'm doing the same amount of tasks, but I'm doing the things that I'm enjoying it and I'm getting more done, but it's not like pressured. And I'm I've got, tired. I just feel like, yeah. I'm not as <laughs> tired and I'm enjoying my life. Things seem yeah. pretty nice. I've had like numerous, numerous clients as well. Like say, I feel like I've got more time and I'm not doing anything differently physically, but I seem to have more time. And I'm like, isn't that funny? We're kind of bending time here. A hundred percent. I practiced Nichiren Buddhism for a while and I practiced all sorts of different forms of Buddhism. And they talk a lot about bending time. And Nichiren Buddhism came along at a time for me when I really needed something to bring me back into practice. I sort of, I had quite a lot of uh, stuff going on in my romantic world that were, was really hard to deal with mm. and was... Um, I was struggling to get some control over how my energy was being pushed around in that situation and what I was allowing. And Nichiren came along at just the right time for me to take back some of my alchemy. And a really, really good friend of mine is an incredible elder in the Nichiren system and she's an incredible creator. And she was my guide and my savior at that point. And interestingly, she was my client, so I was also helping her. So I love the, the back yeah. and forward of that. But Nitra helped me start to bend time to the point now where I don't even worry if I'm running late anymore because there isn't a late and things yeah. just move out of my way. I will turn up somewhere where I should have been 15 minutes ago and nobody is there yet. 
I will, yeah. you know, I will arrive just on time to everything for everything to fall into place. If something is, is needing to be a certain way, if I relax, it just always, always works out yeah. for me. And it's because I know it will. It's because yeah. I learned very quickly that when I get out of the way, time bends for me and it bends for me all the time. Yeah. All yeah. the time. And I, I noticed that as well, like, it's the same for me. And I've experienced like, again, the polarity of both of like when I stress, I get every red light, people cut me off. Like it just, I'll try and like weave through traffic and then I'll end up in traffic. Like, it's just, it's almost impossible to actually get anywhere on time when I'm stressing the fuck out. <laughs> like I've actually got to calm my system and I actually shared a story. It was the wildest thing when Liam and I were traveling from, it was meant to be from like Gisborne to Tauranga to do a workshop and we left at like midday and the workshop wasn't till 6.30 at night. So we had six and a half hours, it's a three hour drive, but that morning they blocked off the road. So we had to go around and it was a six hour drive. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this is a beautiful opportunity for me to practice what I'm like preaching inside of my current container. Yeah. And so I did my practices. I asked my three power questions, which is a, a podcast episode if anyone wants to go check it out. Um, and I share more in depth about this story. I'm not going to tell the whole story. It'll take a while. But we went down this like random route and it was like potholes, dirt road. And like the time started like ticking where it was like we were meant to arrive at six. The workshops at 630. And it was like 610, 620. Six, like, I was like, oh my god, I'm freaking out. And then I was like, just go back into my meditative state, just breathe through it. It's fine. We're gonna get there on time. As soon as my nervous system started calming, six ten, six five fifty, five forty five, and it literally was going back. And I was watching it go back in time. And we got there. Um, I think it was like twenty to six in time to have like a meal before we jumped into the workshop, which is great because it was like a six hour drive. Um, I was like, that's just wild. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 I love that. Like the Google time eater, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> so like you're in the future and the Google map and then you're watching it. I love playing the game of like, can I, can I beat the clock? You know, yeah. I'm like, where can we shave time off here? But for me, it's a, it's a game. And so that's an interesting one about like abundance and relationship and, and all of this sort of stuff. And, and even the, the time bending, it's like, when you're serious, your, your vibration is dense. Mm. And so when you're dense like that, you become more physical, more cemented in this 3D realm. And so the rules of Newtonian physics apply to you even more. And so in order to move out of that, you have to become a higher vibration. And I would say, so one of those t-shirts that you're wearing has, um, which I was wearing earlier in the week, has play written on it. And Chris, <laughs> I'm like, do you lift that high enough up? Do we get to see other stuff? Because <laughs> that would if you're lucky. by the way, sex always sells. They may take it down on Instagram though. But um, yeah, it has play on it. And, and because all of the words that are on the t-shirts are all about the qualities that it takes to be a Zen warrior, the quality that it takes to go inside and do that internal journey. And these are profound words. These are strong, mm. courageous, gentle words that are encouraging you to have a great time in your journey, wherever you might end up. And yeah. so the more playful I become with something, the more 
the magic starts to happen beyond my imagining. Yeah. And this is also true in the game of love. And I, because it's been such an interesting topic recently with clients and because you started there, I want to come back to it. I think in this life, all of us on some level are looking for that great relationship. And I think it's one of our great motivators. I feel and, and observe that it's one of our great motivators for doing anything. It's mm. why men get money in the first place. It's why it's, it's why women get up in the morning and, and do themselves in a certain way. It's half the reason we go to the gym. It's, there's so much stuff motivating. It's why we eat better. It's why we go out to party in some cases, you know, there is often that motivator of you're hoping that you're going to meet that person who's going to be your best friend, who's going to be your companion, who's going to be that great love. And we can get very serious about it. And mm. in that seriousness, we can become very dense. Yeah. And in our podcast, you spoke, you reflected on how you realized that a lot of the problems you were having when you and I talked back in uh, January in Christchurch, it's correct, yeah. isn't it? It was January. Yeah. In Christchurch, in NZ Spirit, South Island, that a lot of those problems had resolved because they were your problems. They weren't actually yeah. problems with your partner. They were problems yeah. with your approach to the whole thing. And, yeah. and the seriousness that you had back in January and the joke that you made and the way you laughed at yourself is such a good contrast of the density versus the enlightenment, the lightness, mm. the higher yeah. the vibration that comes when you realize you are creating everything in your world, including the reality of your relationship. And actually, it's the relationship that you have with yourself and the honesty that you have with yourself that mm. is going to bring you closer to anybody that you have in your life. Now, yeah. One of my clients asked me something uh, recently, and he was reflecting on someone he had a lot of fun with, but she was quite, um, she was quite tough in some ways because she's an, an, uh, an avoidant attacher. And then he was reflecting and comparing with someone new in his life. And she's not as spontaneous and as all of this stuff, but she's more stable, more grounded, more, and, and in a way less exciting, right? And, but he can see the difference. He's like, you know, how do I get over that and move on with this? I'm like, this seriousness of trying to find the one is the trap, you know? You're, you're wondering whether this person is the right person for you. Like, this is yeah. the right person right now because they're yeah. right <laughs> and there's so much beauty that they have to offer you but you won't see it if you compare them with someone else mm. because you're trying to get something yeah and real appreciation yeah. comes from appreciating what the person in front of you who's not made for you that's never the case is encapsulating and here to show you in this moment and does that mean you should stay with them forever i don't think it ever means you should stay with anyone forever. It may end up that way. It may become that every day you wake up and you choose to expand and grow and reflect each other and it becomes the spiritual evolution. But at the point where it's not that and where all it is is a dense hell that you've created out of a shoulda, coulda, woulda, yeah. where is the relating? Because mm. you stopped when you yeah. decided that it had to be a certain way. And it's not their responsibility. Yeah. You did that. And it comes down to like back to that conditioning and the stories and 
like this idea that there is this magical one but i've like been sharing um recently like you are the one that you are doing life with like you're the constant that you're going to be with you no matter what in this life experience you are the one that you're doing life with and if you get to share your life with someone else for however long that may be that is a gift that we often take for granted and yeah i so resonate with that seriousness and what was coming up for me, like, especially when you're talking about the, the play shirt, which is definitely my next one. <laughs> um, is I forgot how to play until really Theo, like my little one came into my world and I didn't realize how much I had forgot what joy felt like and what playfulness felt like until I had a baby in my world. And I was like, Oh, and like, I'd never laughed so hard. Like I couldn't remember the last time I laughed that hard on a constant basis. And that really started to lighten up my like, kind of rigid, hard exterior that I'd created to protect. The seriousness. Yeah. The Buddha <laughs> that so relates to Christ, you know? <laughs> the Roman meditator. <laughs> <laughs> and so this yeah. is the thing, you know, like, this is again why I teach dance. And then you get everyone to just sit down and meditate and they put their hands in mudras and their faces go all serious. And I'm like, my guru would have slapped you so hard your head would have fallen off. And you would have thanked him for it. Yeah. You know? And we did. He slapped us so many times. So I'm like, your seriousness is not the point. You're not here to be anything. Mm. You're just here to be. And if you keep trying to achieve and keep trying to get somewhere, you know, you lose your play. And children, yeah. I mean, I've, I've met your little boy. I've had the great pleasure of, of meeting that divine, sweet, cute ecstatic exhausting energy because <laughs> you know they have they have so much energy and they're so, so they're so in alignment there's yeah. no block there's no pinch on their light and so yeah. it's so inspiring same with you know i don't have a child i have a, a cat and he's hilarious and he makes me laugh every day and he melts my heart every day and again like a child it's so simple mm. So then the question becomes, how do you become childlike as an adult when your innocence yeah. is no longer there? You know, your naivety, mm. because children have, have the gift of naivety and the curse yeah. of, you know, yeah. it's also a curse because at some stage you have to go through the very spiritual, painful growth of what it is to become conscious within your reality and find your way back to yourself. Mm. So, how do I do that? And it's like, yeah, get playful and start yeah. unpicking the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, you know, like, and I, I get it as a, as a mother and I'm not one, but yeah. as a woman that's been single and largely doing it for myself my whole life, there's a density to those stories. There's a density to the mother that feels like she's on her own, which is no matter who, how partnered you might be with someone, it's often the story of the mother. She feels very alone. She goes through that journey on her own. Even though the child is there, she still goes through it on her own because it's yeah. her body that carries and grows the child. It's her body that gets ripped in half as it makes yeah. its way out. And it's her body that does not get pieced back together very well by the medical profession, you know? Yeah. So it is a solo journey, that one. And so of course she feels alone. And of course there's a seriousness and a density that could arise from that, yeah. especially in a world that's telling you, you should be this. You should be this kind of mother. Mothers do this stuff. This is a healthy child. This is an unhealthy. There's so much crap. 
you yeah. know, in your world. Yeah. And that's true for being a woman. That's true for being a man. That's true for being black, white, gay, you name it. You put a label on it. I can give you a list of things you're meant to be. And mm. it's all bullshit. And it's yeah. all density. And, and I, I, I want to just put a caveat there that embracing your, your heritage, embracing the creativity of, of any of that stuff, of what it is to be a woman and to be, I guess, more predisposed to the divine feminine, but we still carry the divine masculine, masculine, everybody does. Yeah. Um, or, or male or the other way around to embrace that, to, to, to get in touch with it. It is important, but it is not, it is not something you want to get stuck in identifying with. I don't wake up in the morning and go, I'm a woman and a woman means this. I wake yeah. up in the morning and go, so fucking here, good, right? Let's see what life <laughs> has to offer today. And my experience is, what do I get to go out there and experience? What do I want to experience? Not how do I define myself today? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I love that. And I feel like that's something that really encompasses like what we delved into on the podcast episode of like embracing all parts of you all emotions like there's no these this is a good emotion this is a bad emotion if i feel this this means this it actually doesn't mean anything it's it's an energy in motion it's just moving through you you're here to experience it but when we attach to it and make a story about it and make an identity about it that's when we tend to create this suffering and this stuckness and this density like you've been saying it's actually how can we move and i think that's what's so beautiful about the play that's come through now is actually how do we play with these emotions how do we like change our relationship to these emotions like for me anxiety has become like a really important alarm system for me like it's telling me that i'm either physically unsafe or something inside of me is coming up that's signaling i feel unsafe how can i be compassionate toward myself right now how can i support myself through this i don't want to get rid of anxiety i just want to change my relationship to it so it doesn't overpower me same with like anger like it's been a big one, like changing my relationship to anger. Cause that was like a bad emotion, like a no go emotion. But for me, anger is like, it can be really powerful and really deep and it can take me to different places. But it's for me knowing what I need when I feel the anger bubbling, it's time for me to actually be with myself and take space. So others don't get the like ricochet of that, <laughs> which unfortunately so don't has create any karma there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's so not destroy like... the world today, my explosive girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, I often and... like, yeah, I experience like the tornado energy. I'm like, oh, mon tornadoes in town, back away slowly. Yeah, yeah. Back away. <laughs> don't, don't make any sudden movements. Look, I, I have uh... been an explosive, um, I have an explosive rage, rage that could level the whole country. And, um, initially just de dealing with how do I deal with explosive rage? And it's like, well, it's explosive because it's been denied for yeah. so long and for so many lifetimes. And actually this conversation came up today as well. You know, someone saying, oh, I don't do anything pissed. I'm like, oh yeah, sure you don't. <laughs> because it's just not fucking true, you know? Yeah. It's just not true. If, if you're that conscious, you're an enlightened master, you'd be doing it. Like, honestly, you're easier to recognize. And it's not to say that I haven't seen enlightened masters get pissed. Of course I have. Because mm. people are fucking 
fucking annoying, you know, <laughs> and life can be really irritating. And so, yeah, I've seen them get pissed and frustrated mm. and it's a really, really natural emotion. And we are in a world where people are in such denial of their anger that they are destroying themselves from the inside out. That's what cancer is. It's repressed rage. Mm. And we as human beings are always getting sick to and healing from cancer at all times. Mm. The difference becomes, did we discover it in time to start deciding whether we irradiate it or not, or heal it through some other method, or, or did we not notice it, but it's just the rage, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, it's a density of energy. Look at what cancer is. Cancer is like got a fungal quality to it, but it's a dancing and a congealing. And mm. so repressed rage is a condensing and a congealing of your frequency. Of course, yeah. they're the same thing. Mm. I found it so like mind blowing for me. And it's something that really sparked me on the journey of like what I do today of discovering the connection to disease or disease and the body and what we've been suppressing and I love Gabor Mate's book, When the Body Says No, The Cost of Pit and Stress. Like, it's just so freaking good. Um, I highly recommend that book. It's life-changing. But I found, like, I started discovering books where people were talking about going on retreats because the doctors had said that they were terminal, they weren't going to survive, so make your arrangements pretty much. And so they, were, they just told, like, they didn't accept that. And they started like finding these alternative methods and they'd go on these retreats and tumors would be disappeared after these retreats. And I'm like, holy shit, I want to do that. <laughs> and it was just so inspiring to me, but that's actually what like inspired my journey of wanting to find a way to help because I, I realized in that moment, just how powerful we actually are. And that was like that first moment of really feeling a reclamation of my personal power of like, what do I want to do? What do I want to create? What do I want to experience? How do I want to have an impact in the world? Whether it looks like that or looks like something completely different. I didn't mind. I just wanted to have this big impact and be of service and do something that was just really inspiring. But that was like, I remember reading those words and just like, oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's an incredible writer. Gabble Mate is, is, I mean, he's an incredible heart. There's definitely things with anybody that I don't agree with. Uh, he's a very collective person. I'm not particularly collective. Yeah. So I don't throw myself on the sword. I don't sacrifice myself for others. I, I think that's, that was, I don't even think Christ did that, to be honest, you know, yeah. and I certainly don't think Buddha did it. I'm very much of the opinion that in order to pull people up, I have to rise up. And, yeah. and I'm very individually focused as a result. Um, but I do love how he writes. I love his heart. I love his compassion. And um, like, like me, like to me, he's a brother. He was very successful helping people with chronic disease before he moved into therapy. He was working as a medical practitioner mm. um, and he was doing really out there stuff. And the thing mm. with the retreat, which he does a retreat now that's, I mean, he's very successful in getting people into remission who are like stage four cancer and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and to watch how he works with people. He breaks all the rules of therapy. He's up close in their face. He's physically connected. He's doing things that they're not really allowed to do within his profession, but he doesn't care because mm. he's doing what he does and what he knows that works. And that to me is a, that's a, that's a warrior, you know, that's a Zen warrior. Yeah. Um, whether yeah. I agree entirely with everything he, agree, he says or not, doesn't even matter. You know, his yeah. work is beautiful, but yeah. it raises an interesting point about, 
stress, the need for retreat, which shouldn't be yeah. necessary. So you're talking about, and, and the work that you do is to create retreat, which I'm a big fan of, by the yeah. way, I'm not saying no. I'm just saying <laughs> the fact that we've gotten to that space where people are so fucked that the only way, you're such poor managers of yourselves, guys, and we all have been, that's why we ended up having this conversation, such poor managers of your stress that we need to completely remove you from your life in order for you to have an experience of health. That's mm. how fucked up mm. you are. Mm. And the rate of chronic disease is at least 20%. Now, if they add in um, autoimmune, that's autoimmune disease, right? So the rate of autoimmune disease, that's where your immune system is dysfunctioning and technically eating you alive, okay? So, and it's not overactive. I want to clear that up right now. There is no such thing as an overactive immune system. It is a dysfunctional immune system. And when you create more function with the immune system, when you correct it, that does not mean suppressing it with autoimmune suppressants, with immune suppressants. That to me is absolute madness. I don't see that working. That is a recipe for more and more and more disease. Of course it is, right? So you're not correcting something, you're band-aiding something, and maybe you're going to buy time with, with those immune suppressing drugs. That has certainly been the case for some of my clients. But over time, we wanna get them off the drug. And the way to do that is to resurrect the immune system that is dysfunctioning, not overactive. But this concept that you're such poor managers of yourselves that you have to be removed. And recently I was away on holiday and I was sitting by a pool. And for me, holiday is weird, actually. Not because I don't enjoy holiday, but because most of the time my preference would be for a spiritual expansion because mm. that's fun for me you know or an artistic thing or a sporty thing it's like well let's go do something fun i can sit home and do nothing uh, i quite enjoy that too and i do it regularly because that's part of my enjoying my life i love to do nothing mm. but to sit by a pool and i went and did a few things did a bit of yoga and stuff but every time i came back to the pool i was observing the same people sitting in the same spot for hours and I was watching the energy field and I was like, these people are taking, are escaping their lives. That's how shit their lives are. That's how mm. shit they've let them become. And it's like, you see the, the adverts, like the, the getaway, the escape, like the exactly. words that are used. Escape your like... life. But you take yourself with you. There's the trap. You still yeah. have to go along, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it was just fascinating. I'm like, people go on holiday and they're not having a good time. They're decompressing. They're de-stressing. They're reclaiming a little bit of health. And then what happens, and this happens with so many clients, they come back from holiday and because they don't know how to manage what's going on in their lives because they didn't learn that trick yet, all the stress piles back on. And in some ways, they're kind of worse off because it's like, like the detox to retox, you know? The detox is to learn a new trick. When you go on holiday, you need to take some of whatever it was back with you. When you go on retreat, you have to resolve to start practicing some of that stuff you've learned. And yeah. as a facilitator, I cannot give it to you. Monique and I yeah. cannot change you. We can offer you something that can change, that you can, cha you can take and it can change you because yeah. you choose to change. Yeah, but it's that it, implementation, that consistency. Understanding that that you have to 
meditation is a practice to yeah. to move into quiet contemplation throughout all activity so i yeah. sit down and i practice nothingness so i can be in nothingness all the time and therefore be totally receptive to everything that life brings me including you're stuck in traffic fucking relax yeah you know yeah like and that was something that was really clear to me recently someone getting stressed out in traffic i did a post about it and i was like it's peak hour traffic and you're stressing out that you're stuck in peak hour traffic that you knew was gonna be bad. i mean to get start stuck in random traffic or like you said on the diversion that you had that's one mastery right but a very basic mastery is it's peak hour yeah there's gonna be traffic yeah <laughs> what are you stressed for you know i spilled water yeah. all over the table now i'm going to have to clean it up i can do that stressed out because five minutes ago or a minute ago i spilled water all over the table or i can just clean it up and relax because it's already done yeah yeah and i found that like through my consistent practice like my life has become a meditation where I will still sit and do my, my practice, but I don't have to wait to do my practice to meditate. Like I can actually incorporate like my life is like really since I got pregnant with Theo that um, second trimester, I just felt like I was in a meditative state the whole time. Like it felt like really my whole pregnancy was just entering this portal and I learned how to embody meditation as like just a way of being rather than it needing to be something I do. It actually just became something that I be. And that's what I noticed really shifted. And then just in my daily life, it's not that I'm sitting down to do my self-reflection practice. It's like, it's just, it's become natural, but that was through consistency and practice, but now it's just become a way of life. And it's, it's what I share with my clients, like what I share with them and offer them. It's what I'm doing in my life, in my relationship, the things that I share, it's what I'm practicing every day. And I think that's what's made a lot of the, the massive transformations is that I've made it my way of life, my way of being, rather than just another thing to do to get somewhere. Yeah. Again, the, the people trying to use meditation to get stuff, to get to enlightenment, to get to the, to, to the destination. And it's yeah. like, actually, and then this, this lovely friend of mine who I've got to say, he does beautiful stuff and he's really quite an interesting being, but he was like, oh, you know, so and I still actually have to answer him, but he's like, oh, well, so where, where are you at? What, how do you define that? And I'm like, what I define it as is that no matter what you see me doing, I'm in a state of contemplation all the time because mm -hmm. I practice meditation so much that it has now overflowed into a vibration that is all permeating in everything that I do. And it makes everything that I do so much more abundant because mm -hmm meditation is the art of receptivity and so i'm totally receptive which means that i'm totally able to be abundant in that moment and i, I want to be careful there i'm totally receptive that doesn't mean that i'm always as receptive as i am at other points i'm still human i'm still ebbing and flowing at times there's there's always if you're in a different emotional state you're going to be less or more receptive. And I might be so totally experiencing that emotional state that there's not a lot of room for other stuff. And that's, yeah. that's where my receptivity is, is absorbed in. Um, yeah. It doesn't mean I'm not aware of the other things as well. It just may be more painful.
and the time. And that's the thing with meditation as well. People have this idea that they're going to sit down and it's going to be all lovely and this and that and the other thing. There are still times I sit down to my meditation. I'm like, this is fucking uncomfortable today, you know? And it takes time to drop in. Yeah. Because I'm so pissed <laughs> or I'm so caught up or I'm so, or I've let my stress carry me in something. I'm, and, I've, and I've actually deliberately sat down because I'm out of alignment. And I've mm. gone, oh, I've gotten caught up in some anxiety. There's something coming up for me. So I'm going to take this point now actually really just to stop everything physically as well to really get a grasp on what, what is coming up. Yeah. And that's something I invite everyone to do that's listening is they actually, rather than running away, like sometimes we'll use meditation to run away from the emotion. Like, I'm going to meditate so I don't have to feel this thing, but actually that's allowing the meditation, meditation to, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like allow yourself to feel the thing that's here. And then you'll actually drop into that state that potentially you're maybe looking for or a different state. That's even like something else to experience. It's not about, like I said, it's not about getting somewhere, but for me, it's more about allowance. Like, like you said, like, Oh, I'm anxious. Let me be with what's coming up. Oh, I'm angry. Let me be with the anger rather than run away from it. And that's, what's actually brought me so much peace it's quite funny because I do a lot of like, I share a lot about intention setting and I think it's such a powerful practice, but it's really fascinating and kind of funny when we're like, we set the intention to have self-love or to have peace and the absolute opposite shows up. Cause it's like, well, maybe that's oh, the thing that you've actually got to be with in order to actually experience its opposite. If you've been running away, like, that's what I noticed. If I wanted the peace, I had to actually be with the chaos and allow it and feel what I was avoiding. They're not actually, opposites. Yeah. They're not well, opposites. Yeah. Peace yeah. and chaos are functions of each other. Yeah. You know, the, 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 every, everything that has a duality concept is, is a complementary. Meditation or love is the singularity. Yeah. It's the only thing that does not have an opposite. There is no mm. anti-meditation. There is no opposite yeah. to meditation. Yeah, there's avoidance of it. Yeah. There are, are many things that might seem like opposites, but they're not actually opposites. Mm. Meditation is a singularity, as is love. So wherever we see dualities, what we're seeing is, is frag fragmented reality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, as per usual, there's always <laughs> a lot of redness in our, in our conversations. And uh, the, the concept of what comes up for you Meditation is about sitting in your primordial funk and your primordial ooze and getting really familiar with what an idiot you are, mm. you know, and having a good chuckle eventually. Yeah. But I love the story. It's come up in my head a couple of times, so I wanted to share it. There's a story somewhere on YouTube. It's a monk talking about when he first started practicing meditation. Now, in the Tibetan tradition, quite often if you are invited to be a monk, you are an orphan on some level or you're offered up in an orphan-like manner. So that is your parents recognize something or something is recognized in the child and you basically let go of your family to move into the practice of, of the Tibetan meditation and lamahood. And as a young child, he's struggling with meditation and he's struggling with anxiety, so very aligned. Um, and he goes to his master, he goes, yes, but whenever I sit, there's just anxiety, just bubbles up in me. And the master goes, so sit with it. Just sit with your 
society. Make it your friend, basically. Get, get familiar with. The translation of meditation is to become familiar with. So mm. he goes and he sits with his meditation. He sits with his meditation. He sits with his meditation. And he's always with this anxiety. And this anxiety becomes his friend. And of course, what happens is one day he sits down, there's no anxiety. Then he gets anxiety about the fact that there's no anxiety because he's become so familiar with the process and the familiarity of this anxiety sitting with him. It has actually become a tool for him. Mm. And so, so the irony of the anxiety over no anxiety but but such a great a great story that that sometimes you are so used to identifying and being with a certain thing that to let go of it to move beyond yeah. it is terrifying yeah and and you have to face that terror I had yeah. one of those, again, relationship. I had one of those come up for me recently where I had a realization and it was, and again, I spoke about this recently as well. And it was, oh, I actually know I didn't. I haven't. I've been processing this one. Mm. It was about, so my father died when I was almost 14 and he was my best friend. He was a fucking legend. He was the first person to read me an autobiography of a yogi when I was about six. He was a meditator, he was a sensei, uh, he was a very charismatic man. Um, for those of you who are into human design, he was a mental projector. Um, so same as Abraham Hicks, she's an environmental projector as well. Um, and to this day, people mourn his disappearance from this earth because he was such a vibrant, rebellious, exciting human being to be around. Um, and I was, he and I were really built for each other in a lot of ways. And the loss of him in my life was perhaps one of the greatest pivotal moments ever that led me to all the other things. And his appearance in my life also led me to all of those things. But the thing my father did for me the best, which is quite rare in our world, though on the rise, I'm pleased to report, is he was very capable of containment, which is a real divine masculine quality. And what he provided for me was, he loved me with all my flaws. He loved me in every way, you know? I was funny when I was flawed and I was truly capable of anything. And I was truly colossal as a small child. He treated me as the Buddha that I was. And so, so then you go out into the world as, as the girl with the Cinderella story and you go looking for your daddy. You know, it's a classic story, especially when you lose one at 14 who was so great. And he, he wasn't, by the way, necessarily a perfect man at all. Those things also I've had to look at. But he, he was amazing for me. And you go out into the world and man after man after man lets you down, or at least that's the story, right? And then you stumble across someone who actually is capable of containment except for the fact that he's flawed and he's capable of containment to a point and then that falls apart and then your Cinderella story cracks and then you fall apart and then somehow you have to piece that back together somehow. But also you defend yourself and you create a wall around you whereby in my case I became the great Amesha. And I would say I became the great Amesha because my mother is good at it but also I became the greater measure because my daddy left me, you know, and that story becomes, I wasn't good enough. 
I wasn't good enough for someone to stick around. Now he had a heart condition and he died of a heart condition. But if anybody, if you ask anybody, they will tell you that that man had had enough and he was out of here. You know, like he chose. There's some choice that goes into that. Mm. I would definitely argue for the second. He was a very powerful human, but, and he was very worn down by the end. But that realization of how hard it is to lose someone who offers you containment and the realization that actually part of your divine masculine rising as a, as a man or a woman is to self partner is back to this idea you were talking about. You are here to provide your containment. And as I've started to do that more and more and more, People have started to come around me and men have started to come around me who can provide containment because they're reflecting where I'm at and I'm mm -hmm. able to receive yeah. what they are offering. And so as my divine feminine has risen up and as my divine masculine has risen up, because really they are two parts of one thing, they are not separate. We separate them for the purposes of learning. But at some point you have to throw that idea out and realize it just is. Mm -hmm. it's that I am now able to receive a divinely masculine man who can provide containment. And then what's interesting is it's terrifying because now there's room for a vulnerability that up until this point, there has not been room for. Mm. It's really That's exciting, amazing. but, it's, I love but it's also terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I so resonate and I've, I've gone through so many ebbs and flows with me and my partner and it's, it's really fascinating that when I'm more like in my feminine, in my receptivity, in my playfulness, it's like he's a completely different human. When I'm in my seriousness and my critical self and things have to be this way, he's just like nowhere to be seen <laughs> well, or like just kind of, yeah. So, so not only do you get yeah. the reflection of a human in general, but literally he amplifies your energy. Yeah. You know, and, and he it's, experiences it's wild. it full on. Yeah. It's such a wild experience because I feel the amplifier. Like I feel the building of energy and it gets so intense, but because I have such like my awareness has expanded like tremendous, especially this year, but over the past few years, really since I met him, but the awareness has been massively expanded where I am able to more hold like that containment for myself and acknowledge like, yep, tornado mon is coming. I need to actually have my own containment and my spaciousness. So I don't like spit and like attack because I'm feeling vulnerable. It's like that fear of being fully vulnerable that I actually just need to like hold that space for myself and have a lot of compassion and feel what's actually coming up so that it can move through it. Yeah. But, yeah, of course, we've um, had a well massive conversation, which was un unexpected, but that's okay. I think it was a really powerful conversation, and I trust that the people that are meant to tune into this will and will love it and receive so much. Um, and we also have another amazing conversation on my podcast, which, as I mentioned, it's um, episode 76, where we delve into, like, 
there's definitely a similar energy with this conversation. There's definitely like these go really well together, but it really is all about embracing all of you and how to really be with all of your emotions and liberating yourself from that conditioning, those stories so that you actually can experience true abundance. Not all we think abundance is, but like true abundance, which is such a beautiful experience. Um, so I highly recommend going and listening to that episode. Um, but is there anything that you would like to share just before we close off? Um, I think just to, to sort of round off on what you were saying, people, we've been so programmed into and conditioned into uh, positivity. Everything has to be positive. And it's such a, it's such an, an un, it's such a lack of abundance to yeah. think like that. You know, so yeah. when we're talking about what it is to be abundant, to be abundant is to embrace all of yourself in all of your fantastic fuckedness, you know, and all of the things that are so amazing. And to understand that, that there's so much duality in all of it because it's, it's the whole picture. It's the, the ultimate selfishness can be the person with the most compassion and the best boundaries. You know, there's a constructiveness to selfishness. There's, there's also a destructiveness to it. And so if you are a, a very self-reflective, self-turned-in person, you can be very narcissistic. So in, in order to not damage people with your narcissism and to not damage yourself, abundance means embrace it all. Abundance mm. means when, when someone offers something up to you and you react badly to it, they're showing you, they're definitely showing you something that you've reacted to. And so there's the wisdom is to always step back and have a really good look at whatever that is. And sometimes I don't have a reaction. Sometimes someone offers something to me and I'm like, is it? Mm. And, and so it becomes that thing of like, well, I don't have to agree and I don't yeah. have to disagree. Monique and I, I'm sure we will find things we don't agree on. That hasn't happened since we first met, um, but I'm sure at some stage it will happen. Yeah. But, but, but that's our humanness latching into agreement or disagreement. It's better to just hold space for an idea and then witness and observe yeah. and see what is actually true and see if there's anything there for you. That's abundant. Yeah. Abundant is yeah. to allow. And then yeah. in the words of, you know, uh, Bruce Lee, take what is useful, discard what isn't and add what is uniquely your own. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> love him yeah. honestly. He was a yeah. master. And uh, a total fuck up too. I might add. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> we are. That's where the compassion yeah. comes from. Yeah. But those two pieces like compassion and curiosity and it's actually i did um one of gabo mate's trainings compassionate curiosity and i just found it life-changing to meet myself with those two frequencies and start to let go of like yeah. the attachment to story it has just been life-changing for me and i think that's been one of the massive pivotal shifts for me is exchanging my harsh criticism and attachment to compassionate curiosity. And I've shared this ever since I heard it from Gabo Mate, just like anyone that will listen, compassionate curiosity. And I witnessed their lives transform just with those two pieces. And it's, it's really beautiful. It's really gentle. It's really subtle, but so, so powerful. Well, and again, compassion is another one of those words. People have an idea of what they think compassion is. Most of you are wrong, by the way. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the amount of times I've been pulled up and told I'm not compassionate, and I'm like, yeah, I am. Mm. You have no idea what compassion is. Compassion is ferocious. 
Compassion is gentle. Compassion is a slap from the master. Compassion is a hug from the lion. Compassion is not what you think it is. Compassion is what is needed in the moment. Mm -hmm. And that could be anything. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you so much for joining me again. Like, it's just always such a potent conversation that we could probably be here all night, but we won't. <laughs> we'll be mindful of everyone's time. But yes. if you haven't got one already, go and get one of Erin's. You know, Jas Jasmine will be watching this at some stage. Like, <laughs> we really need to do another T-shirt print, and we're looking. By the way, people, so we've done T-shirts and tanks, but we're actually looking to do the running top with the. The ones that mm, yeah. I usually wear. So yeah. much like the Lululemon. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, much, much like that, we're looking to do that with the print on it because people always look at my ones and are always keen on them. But yeah. now we've gone through the experimental phase. I think we'll do some play and some Zen Warrior and maybe some Grace yeah. or who knows. So good. And we will be doing more of the men's T-shirts. Yeah. I know your man loves his. I know because yeah. he can't find those like low cut underneath the, the armpit like really anywhere and they're his kinds of shirts that he loves so um, he looks so hard to find too. yeah they're really yeah. awesome so as once you've got more colors I'm definitely jumping on that but, yeah yeah Aaron has some research to do yeah <laughs> love a bit of research the old one three <laughs> yeah well thank you Thank you for joining me and thank for thank you to everyone that's jumped in for however long you jumped in like this recording is going to be here to jump back to the beginning and watch again um definitely go and check out erin and follow her join the zen warrior tribe um check it out our podcast it's amazing i love and... the name of your podcast by the way it, it gives <laughs> me like i'm like yeah it makes me want to kick kick high you know i'm like yeah, yeah such a great yes. name you know the good girl unleashed it's really funny because that came through when um liam and i were intimate <laughs> and we were like i had this expansive moment where it just like it flashed in my mind like the whole logo of it flashed in my mind and i was like i've got the name of my podcast <laughs> and it was just so powerful it's, um, it's i think it's magic i just to me i would love to see your podcast and i can see your podcast going from strength to strength and just becoming an international sensation on, on the basis of the concept alone, you know, like I think all of us good little daddy's girls and good little girls in society that have, have been sold the idea of Mary the Virgin as, as the ideal woman, you know, have a lot to break free from. Yeah. And I mean, I've met you. You're not really a good girl, um, and, yet, and and you know me. And we've we've traded some other little secrets along the way as well. And we're not good girls. We're totally rebellious. But actually, yeah. I can definitely tell you the story of my good girl life, and yeah. the point where I decided that I was kind of done with that. Yeah. But I yeah. can also tell you about the rebellion that I lived the whole way through as well. Yeah. I feel so resonant with exactly how you worded that. And it's the same. Like I had that good girl perception, like yeah. the shy girl perception, like hiding behind that mask. But deep down, I was never actually that good girl. And I was always like having that secretive way of like stepping out the lines <laughs> until I was yeah. like, fuck it. I'm just going to step right out into like a whole nother box. <laughs> My parents but... thought I was sweet 16 and never been kissed. Like <laughs> what? And yet that was because I had the good girl image. So, you know, I was such a good student. I was 
the head of the liturgy committee, the head of this, the BOT rep. I was doing all that stuff. Yeah. You know, in wind band, in choir, you know, but I yeah. was really not sweet 16 and never been kidding. <laughs> no, I was well deep into everything by then with regards to sexuality. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The wildness of my story, it's really fascinating that the person that I am today is very different to where I've come from and the different parts of my story. But even now, when I share different pieces, people are like, what? I just can't see you doing that. It's like, well, that's the evolution. We move through these different versions of self on this journey of experience and exploration. <laughs> I can um, see you doing it all, to be honest. To be honest, like to me, I'm like, that's because you haven't opened your eyes to yourself yet that you can't see her. Yeah. Because, yeah, there isn't much that I, I don't think, I just, there's just not a lot that you wouldn't do, to be honest. <laughs> I'm here to experience it all, okay? <laughs> exactly. That's the three. We love the fire. Now, we were going to do like a meditation close, and I'm wondering if at some stage we actually jump on and just for the purposes yeah. of doing an experience, we do that for yeah. everyone. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Let's like kind of, it's almost like what we're going to be doing at Byron Bay. Like we've had our talk and then we're going to do our experience. I reckon that'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I'll let everyone know when, when that's going to happen. So cool. you can all join us and actually have an, an embodied experience. Be without, awesome. without and then, and then we can actually experience the, like the breaking free because we're like talking a lot of like the mindset stuff of like breaking free from that mindset and that kind of stuckness, but let's actually experience it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exciting. So Yay. join us again, people. Monique, awesome. thank you so much. Uh, you're so welcome. Thank you for being here. It was amazing again. Awesome. If you have time also, by the way, can we jump on another call after this yeah. between you and me? Because I need to check with you about Byron. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, people. <laughs> have a great weekend. Enjoy your life. Enjoy fucking it all up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Good Girl Unleashed podcast. If you are loving this content, go ahead and subscribe to be notified of upcoming episodes. Please leave a five-star review to help me get these powerful teachings and practices to those who need it. If you would like to submit a question or would like to know more about how we can work together, send me an email to info at So much love to you, beautiful human. Until next time.